Welcome to this edition of the Bears Den podcast. I'm Matt Bear. For this episode, I'm excited to welcome in James Ware. James graduated from Hopkins High School, where he starred on the basketball court and then played collegiately for Colorado State and Texas Tech. After his playing days were done, James pursued coaching, including a stop at the University of Minnesota as the director of basketball operations. Recently, James has been the head boys basketball coach at Park Center High School, where his Pirates just capped off an amazing season and won the Class 4A state title. First, let's recognize our sponsor, Midwest Basketball Training. If you are looking to hone your skills or amp up your training, you should check out the MBT facility or their other player development opportunities. Visit their website at MidwestBasketballTraining.com for more information. Pat Freeman and his team do a great job working with youth around the metro area. And again, that website is MidwestBasketballTraining.com. Now let's head into the Bears Den for this conversation with James Ware. James, welcome to the episode. Congratulations on the state title. Do you still uh, reek of champagne? Oh, well, let me first start with Pirates win, Matt. Pirates win. Uh, you know, um, yeah, the kids aren't drinking too much champagne, but they, they douse me with plenty of uh, water and Gatorade. So uh, I think that's still in some of my clothes somewhere. And uh, yeah, we have not you know, thought about doing laundry. So it's, it's, it's probably still smelling like, you know, week old Gatorade. We're pretty fired up around here. Good. Good. Was that something James before the state title game that uh, your players did for you? Like any of those, you see some of those on Twitter or social media, you know, the coach then enters the locker room and they're there waiting for him with the bottles. Had that happened to you before that? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, they got me in the, the section final to go to state when we beat Osseo. Uh, they got me there. You know, I, I usually have a thing I do when I come in the locker room and I'm, you know, pumping my fists and, you know, you know, doing my little, little uh, awkward coaches dance. They love it. And, uh, you know, they, they hit me with a tub of a Gatorade then and, and they got me again uh, during the, cha- you know, when we came in for the, the championship after beating Wyzetta. Uh, love it. So, yeah, it was awesome. Did, uh, did you or your staff, James, ever get the kids? I know sometimes that's a thing where the, the coaches uh, turn it around. Did you guys, did you ever get the kids at all? No, no, we, 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 we're not that, you know, well, let's just say this. We're not that used to championships. So, you know, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't gone that far, but I like it. I'm stealing that. If we, uh, if we do this, if we, you know, make a run next year, I'll be sure to do that. Okay, good. Well, one place that um, is used to championships, James, is Hopkins. Um, they're, they're no stranger to winning championships. And, and that's actually, you know, where your uh, basketball career began, so to speak, as a, a great player for, for Hopkins and, and playing for Coach Novak. Um, I just want to go back there to the beginning real quick. Um, what type of player were, were you growing up? Well, it, you know, I, I will say this. It definitely evolved kind of from year to year, you know, as a as a, you know, eighth and ninth grader, I was off the radar. You know, uh, you know, I think as, as a ninth grader, I played ninth grade travel, you know, as a sophomore, I, I might have got a few JV minutes, you know, uh, but I was definitely watching, you know, other really good players at Hopkins, um, you know, uh, Michael Amos, who played at Washington and Justin White went to Harvard. Uh, a lot of a lot of good college players ahead of me that I was just aspiring to be like. 
Um, so, you know, it kind of evolved um, when it was all kind of said and done. Uh, you know, I was a, you know, six, four, almost six, five kid that was playing the post forever and just knew that I had no, my future was limited, you know, so I, I had to transform into a, into a guard. And I did that by shooting the basketball. So shooting kind of became my thing uh, in, in, in high school. And uh, that, that kind of continued in college. Uh, and in college, it was more of a survival thing, right? Just because everybody's so good and everybody's so fast. And no matter how good an athlete you thought you were in high school, once you kind of move up to division one uh, and at that level, everybody's a better athlete than you, you know, you're just kind of out there, you know, trying to survive. So uh, I, I kind of developed into a shooter in high school and, um, you know, that was kind of my calling card. Okay. I like it. And when you were growing up, James, you know, obviously traveling basketball probably wasn't as big as it is now and AU same thing, but what were your um, spring and summer opportunities like playing AU? Did you do any of that at that time or what were you doing growing up then? Yeah, it was kind of the start of, of, of all of that. So, um, so my junior year, I actually played for uh, Howard Pulley and it was the first Howard Pulley team, uh, you know, Renee Pulley and Howard Pulley, the program it was the first team he had ever taken out of state it was my junior year. And that was in 90. That was like in 94. Uh, that was the first team he had ever taken out of state with a bunch of guys that were around, from around the Minneapolis area as well. We went out to Philly and played against Boo Williams, Virginia, which is Allen Iverson's team. And he wasn't there because he had gotten into that tussle in the bowling alley. But uh, but I played, but I played fully, you know, kind of the first year. And that was, you know, guys like Aaron Boone and uh, Tim Williams, Robert Mestiz, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of good, um, you know, kind of local legends back in the mid nineties. And then, and then I, I ultimately finished uh, my next year going into my senior year with Minnesota select and Mark Klingsborn, who's the head coach over at Tartan, who's won championships himself. Uh, he was, he was kind of the, the orchestrator of that team in that program so I uh, got to play for him and uh, and that was just an awesome experience it kind of springboarded everything uh, gave me an opp opportunity to be uh, recruited collegiately but during the summer you know it, the one of the brilliant things that Kenny Novak and it, I don't even know he's in year 32 33 one of the things he's always done which I've actually tried to emulate as a high school coach myself is he always had the gym open in the summer so we could always get in there uh, and, and, and just work on our game. You know, there is no big secret to how you become good at basketball. It's like the more you play, the more you practice, the better basketball player you're going to become. And he just opened the gym and uh, we had a passion for the game and loved the game and didn't want to do anything else other than play basketball. And, and, uh, and that's kind of where it all started. Okay. And I know Kenny's, I believe, still doing that today, James. Yeah. You know, he's, I've heard many people say, you know, he's great about doing that. And it sounds like you're, you said you're doing that with, with your kids. Um, I have a question about that, James, is it anything formal? You know, do you say, Hey, if I'm going to do this for you guys, you need to work on X, Y, Z, or do you just kind of open it up and let them do their thing? No, it, it, it's, it's directed. Um, you know, you know, uh, obviously, you know, coaches couldn't coach us. He couldn't, you know, he, he could open the gym, but he couldn't coach us, right? So uh, it really just was around playing, just come and play and play and play and play. Um, you know, times have changed now to where, you know, we can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't just open a gym in Brooklyn Park, for example, and say, all right, hey, there's open gym, because you'll have 200 guys in there and 
nothing, you know, nothing productive will occur in terms of, you know, good basketball being played. So, you know, we, we have to kind of shrink things down, you know, it's, it's, we limited to certain people and, 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 uh, and it is more directed. I think just skill development now, uh, you know, a lot of people get trainers, you know, we, we, we tell kids, you know, we're going to teach you all the things that you need to know at other times during the season and, 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 and take it, memorize it, remember it. So you can do these skills and drills kind of on your own. Uh, so now when we open our gym, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that we're, we're, we're big believers in over here is, um, is like the shooting machines, you know, I mean, we, we have, you know, when I first got the, the job and, you know, John Hedstrom is our AD, former Minnetonka basketball coach, won a state championship in 2008. You know, he's just kind of like, all right, what do you, what do you, what, you know, what's going to be your thing? How are you going to kind of get this whole thing going? What do you need? What do you want? What's on your wish list coming in now? And it was, you know, kids, kids, you know, in our community, I mean, they're, they're, they're big into handling the basketball and everybody loves the crossover and everybody wants to break somebody's ankle, but, but can you shoot the ball? Right. Um, because that's really what it comes down to. Uh, that's where the game has went. Um, that's, that's where it's gone. Uh, so one of the things was, you know, I want as many shooting machines as I, as possible. Um, so we set those up during our, you know, what we call, you know, open gym, if you will. And so we'll just have, you know, two guys on a machine and they're literally just, just working, working, working and working on their shot. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I worked out a lot with, um, you know, Devin George back in the day, you know, when he was at Augsburg and I was at Texas Tech, this was before, you know, he, he you know, had a chance to go to the NBA and, um, you know, it, it used to take us like three hours to get up a thousand shots. Well, now kids can get up a thousand shots in 45 minutes on a shooting machine, right? So it's kind of revolutionized the game. Uh, every player is just, you know, so much better with, because they have access to things like that. So, so I kind of believe in this, like if it's just, you know, a couple kids in the gym, say six, and we got shooting machines, get on the shooting machine and shoot. If you have, you know, 20 kids in the gym, you don't want to have a bunch of kids just sitting around. So maybe you use that as an opportunity to play. Right. Um, and if it's just you in the gym, again, it's shooting machine, or you're kind of working on your, 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 your ball handling, depending on what kind of player you are and what, what needs, uh, you know, you need to address in terms of improving at your game. So, so really we just wanted to provide all the kids in this community access to high level, uh, to high level training in addition to opening the gym. Yeah. And that, I know that would have been something I would have appreciated back when I was playing James, I'm sure you too, a shooting machine, a couple of those have been great. Right. But yes. uh, I think you did okay. You know, you uh, had a heck of a high school career. You were a, a Mr. Basketball finalist, your Hopkins team, I believe, I think it was your junior year, James made it to the state championship game. Um, can you maybe talk about those? What's that? Lost by two points. It was a heartbreaker. Yep. Yep. Can you maybe talk about, um, you know, your high school days, James, and like how fun that was and, and what a challenge it was to try to win that state title and, and maybe who some of the, the teammates you had that you really yeah. enjoyed playing with back then? Yeah. So, so my sophomore year, I was, I was on the team, but wasn't playing, you know, wasn't getting any varsity time. Um, and, and, that so that was 93 that team went 25 and 0 didn't lose a game until the first round of the state tournament lost to elk river and 
uh, the one of the best players to ever play at Elk River, Skip Schaefbauer, uh, in 1993. Uh, I believe he went on to play at Illinois State. Everybody thought he should be going to the University of Minnesota, but Clem didn't recruit a ton of local guards back then. Uh, but but um, but that team went went 25 and one, ended up winning the Constellation Championship. So I think they finished up like 27 and one. Okay, so that was my sophomore year experience. Like, okay, geez, the state tournament is just something that is, you know, is 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 supposed to happen almost, right? And then the following year, uh, we we I want to say we were 23. We finished 23 and five, and and one of those losses, uh, we made it all the way through, won our section, uh, beat a good Moundsview team. Um, to go to the semifinals, uh, the great Ziggy Calls was the coach there at the time, uh, and then we played the championship against uh, Washburn, Washburn High School, and Louis Boone was the coach, and uh, his son Adam Boone was the the point guard, and they had a really good team. Uh, you know, Akeem Carpenter, who was you know college player, and uh, Eric Minia, who was six foot eleven, and uh, Adrian Patterson just a bunch of just Minneapolis legends were on that high, particular high school basketball team. Uh, we, we, we ended up, you know, I had, a, I had a great game in the semifinals. I think I was the player of the game in the Moundsview game. And then the Washburn game, I just, it, it was, it was too big a game for me. I just was not ready to play in that, <laughs> in that championship. I think I had like two or four points and had my worst game and we lost by two and uh, we lost on the, we were actually up, up by one with a few seconds left. Uh, they were on the free throw line. Uh, Adam Boone missed the free throw. The smallest guy on the floor, Byron Suttles, somehow the ball ended up in his hands and it was like a three, you know, kind of a three, two, one type of deal. And he just tossed it in over his head. The ball went in, you know, we ended up losing by one. I actually shared that, that story with our team, uh, you know, a week ago in the, in the state championship. And I just said, listen, I, I, I've, I've been a part of this game back in 94 and it's, you know, not, not being present in the moment and, 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 and going for it was probably one of my biggest regrets as a basketball player. Uh, and we talk about, we have some sayings on our team and one of them is, you know, pain of discipline versus pain of regret. And, um, you know, our players would really, you know, they, 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 uh, they paid the price in terms of paying the pain of discipline so that, you know, hopefully they go out there and don't have any regrets. And I just told them, don't have any regrets. You know, I, I have some regrets, don't have any regrets. And, uh, and that was my attempt at being vulnerable so they could go out and do what they needed to do. But, but um, yep. So we ended up losing that one. And then uh, in my, my senior year, this is 95. Now uh, we were 25 and 0 number one team in the state. And we lost in the section semifinal to Minnetonka. John Hedstrom was the coach, who's now my current AD at Park Center. And, um, you know, we lost that in a close game and actually never made it to the state tournament. So uh, I, I, I'd been a part of, you know, some, you know, what, I, what, what really felt like the, the, the tradition of Hopkins being a part of that state tournament now. Kenny started winning it a few years later, I think 2002, it might've been, yeah, 2002 was his first championship. And then, and then, and then I think he won like six or seven, maybe even eight more mm -hmm. after that, uh, which is hard for me to believe. I mean, I, I, we won one in, in our, in our school history and, and it's like the biggest deal in the world. And, 
and Kenny's won like eight. And I'm just like, I can't even wrap my mind around that. You know, uh, the roof would probably blow off a of park center if something like that happened, you know, at mm-hmm. park center, but, um, just, just with how excited everybody is for that school to have their first one. So, uh, but, but again, kudos to, to Kenny for just all the amazing coaching he's done over, over his time. But, but um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of my high school experience in terms of, of being a part of the state tournament and experience winning and then understanding like how hard it is to win and, you know, understanding that you don't always get an opportunity to be in that situation. So, you know, when you are in that situation, try to make the most of it. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> so after, you know, it's coming time to graduate and stuff like that, then James, where were you looking at schools? Did you have like a final five, a final three, kind of what were, what were you, you know, who were you being recruited by the most at the, at the end of your career? Yeah. So I, I, I like many players, I think at that time, it was all about wanting to be a gopher period, you know, like Minnesota was the only division one school in our area. And um, they were really good in the, you know, Clem Haskins, you know, mid nineties time. So University of Minnesota was a place I wanted to go uh, when they had so many good players. They didn't, they didn't need me. You know, <laughs> you know they came in, they came and talked to me a little bit and, uh, and I was hoping that there would be that opportunity. But um, when, when that wasn't an opportunity, it was, it was um, so Colorado state out of high school is where I ended up going. So it was Colorado state, uh, Miami of Ohio, um, Herb Sendek was the coach at the time. And he, he's part of this Ohio state tree that built, built Thad Mata and, you know, the Miller, Archie Miller and, and uh, Greg Miller, all those, the, the Millers, all of those guys were part of the assistant coaching staff at the time. So Miami of Ohio was, was one. And then uh, St. Mary's out in California, which is now, you know, a, a powerhouse in the WCC. So those were the three visits I went on, St. Mary's, um, Miami of Ohio, and, uh, and uh, Colorado State. And, and I was such a, you know, still immature kid at the time. I, I was like, all right, who's got the biggest arena? That's where I'm going, right? And um, Moby Arena out in, at, at Colorado State is an awesome place to play. And uh, ultimately, I ended up choosing to go to, uh, to Colorado State. Okay. Yeah. And then you shifted there, James, I think you went to a year, year of junior college um, and then ended up at Texas Tech. Um, how, how did you end up at Texas Tech and, and what was your experience like there? That it was wild. I mean, you know, a Minnesota kid going to Colorado, you know, Colorado or Colorado State, that, that kind of makes sense. But at the time when I was at Colorado State, there actually was so many players. There was like we had two guys that came from this junior college in, in Midland, Texas. I knew nothing about junior college basketball because it's not as big a thing here as it is in states like Texas uh, or Florida, you know, or, or even California. Um, but, but we had so many guys coming there, uh, uh, coming from there that I was like, hmm, maybe I need to go there, right? And some of my, some of the teammates at Colorado State were like, you know, James, you know, you might not be getting a ton of playing time here. You go down there, maybe you give yourself an opportunity to be re-recruited. You know, maybe Colorado State is not the place. You know, it, it might give you an opportunity to find, you know, an, another another uh, chance. So I so I went to Midland Junior College, played for Pat Rafferty, who's a unbelievable coach. He's actually he's actually back there now. He's been kind of around coaching, and then he's back there. Um, and and we had t- one of the one of the um, best 
uh, junior t- college teams in the country. I think we were ranked maybe four at one point in time. And and believe it or not, I was getting re- everything that kind of the guys talked about actually came to fruition. I was getting recruited by Texas and Kansas State and Texas Tech and all these, you know, big schools, Washington State, that didn't recruit me out of high school, right? Um, but, but you know, uh, and, and there's a different world out there. There's a lot of schools that actually only recruited junior college players. And there still are a lot of schools that only recruit junior college players because, you know, they, they don't necessarily feel that high school players are ready to compete at the level that they need to win at. Um, you know, like they feel like if they can't get the best high school prospect, then they're going to go find older kids. And those older kids are in junior colleges. So, so that's what I did. Um, and, and my coach, it was a wild story. He, you know, this was at the time where, you know, kind of, there were a lot more deals back then being done. So my coach was kind of like, Hey, you're going to Texas tech and you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, what? I have all these options. What do you mean? I'm, I'm going to Texas tech. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not going to Texas tech, but you know, kind of whatever coach, uh, long story short, I ended up going to Texas tech. So, um, but it was great. I mean, you know, tech, tech, you know, you watch them now, they, you know, they were up actually here in the final four. And even back then, the thing I love most about Texas Tech was their fan support and they're just their support of their athletes. Texas is another world when it comes to sports. Like mm-hmm. they like sports are are everything in Texas. And they're they're really super well known for basketball, but or excuse me, for football, but all their sports, baseball. Uh, you know, basketball, I don't care. We, we talk soccer. We could talk any sport you want to talk about. They go, you know, 110% in Texas. And, and uh, you know, our team, you know, we were about 500 somewhere around there, but we would, we would sell the place out. And uh, it was just an awesome, awesome environment. You know, uh, a lot of people came to those games and um, that's really where I kind of got, got up and going, uh, as a college basketball player, um, played in some awesome games. You know, we beat Kansas when they had a bunch of NBA players on their team, Eric Chinawith and Darren Collison and, uh, uh Drew Gordon and, you know, uh, Nick Collison. I mean, they, Jeff Boshi, they had really, really good, really, really good teams and we beat them. And, um, so it was just a, it was an outstanding experience. Lubbock was not a place I was going to stay and set up shop and, and live, but in terms of just an awesome college basketball experience, you know, there was nothing like being at Texas Tech. That's great. That's great. I'm glad you were able to have, you know, that really good college experience for your playing days and stuff like that, James. But I know one thing I heard when you were, I think your, your Texas Tech days and, you know, there'd be some run and games back here, James. And I, someone had mentioned to me, I think you got involved in, in uh, quite a pickup game with uh, one Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper. <laughs> is, uh, is there some accuracy to that story? Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, I think this was over at Lifetime Fitness. And uh, yeah, they, I think, that, yep, they, they, you know, that's where we played in the summertime. And, 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 and I think it was towards the end of the summer. So you know, they were, you know, all the, the NFL guys were kind of starting to come back to Minnesota, get ready for their training. And they came over to Lifetime Fitness. And uh, yeah, there was there. So, you know, I don't know, height wise, Randy Moss, who great athlete, he's about my height, six, four, six, five. We ended up guarding each other. And, uh, you know, everything you you could imagine about, you know, Randy Moss, when you see him as a as a football player, like 
basketball, like magnifying that times 10, you know, like he's just whooping and talking and, you know, and he is a great athlete. So a good athlete in football is going to be a good athlete on a basketball court too. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we did, we did beat them. They, they had to go sit down and, you know, <laughs> there's a difference between people that, you know, do it, do it versus can do it, you know? So, um, but yeah, there was definitely some trash talk going there. Uh, you must've heard that story from, from our buddy, John Moore must've shared that story with you. Oh yeah. He, he shared a little nugget with me. And, and for those people that maybe don't remember too, Randy Moss um, played on a heck of a high school team with him and Jason Williams um, yeah. went to the same high school together, white chocolate. And yeah. so I, I know he could hoop, but it's out. It sounds like you took it to him, which, which that would have been a fun to be uh, at lifetime watching that game. So well, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a pretty cool moment. There were a lot of good players and Bobby Jackson was always there. You know, uh, Randy Carter in his prime would be there. Um, but there was, it was kind of just a melting pot, you know, Chris Carr, there was a melting pot of all the kind of some of the best Minnesota athletes would all kind of congregate to that St. Louis Park lifetime. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Nice. So after your playing days, then James, you know, you, you got into the college coaching ranks. What, what made you want to pursue coaching after your playing days were done? Well, so <laughs> it would start with, and, and, and a lot of my college coaches would tell me this, like, you know, you know, God damn it, James, you're all, you're thinking too much. Just stop, stop thinking and just play, you know? And, uh, because I always felt like, <laughs> and there's probably a lot of players that feel like this, but you know, I'm like, I always thought we were doing things slightly wrong. Like coach, what do you think about this? Why coach, can we do this coach, you know, uh, coach Morrow, who was a hall of fame coach who finished his career out at Utah state. And, and I, I actually worked for him later, but, but, and James Dickey and all these people, I, I always kind of felt like I knew more than them. You know what I mean? So part of me was like, wait, you know, if this guy can, you know, coach and be successful, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. I could do this, but you know, now here I'm a, you know, I'm a 21, 22 year old kid. What do I know? But I always kind of felt like I, I, I saw the game in the same way that they saw the game. And, um, and I think actually that did help me as a player because, um, you know, one of the things, you know, I had a very high shooting percentage and a low turnover ratio. Like I, I, I valued the basketball, you know, I relied on fundamentals, some of those things, but, but all of those things are things that, you know, when I got done playing, you know, and, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I was with the Fargo Moorhead Bees and the CBA at the time for like a month and a half, you know, making like 500 bucks, you know, a month. I was like, wait, what am I doing? I got to, I got to go and I got to, you know, I got to get into a, a, a real job and start, you know, moving forward with the rest of my, my career. I got to let this basketball dream go. I'm not going to the NBA. Uh, and, um, and so that, so coaching just was a very natural fit for me. Uh, you know, like I said, it's something I, I, I wanted to do all the coaches that I had, um, whether it was high school or college, I would always ask them like, okay, what do you do for a living? How do you, you know, what do you do for a living and, and coach? Or are you a college coach, full-time coach? And uh, James Dickey, you know, he, he, he was my coach at Texas Tech. He said, you know, he's like, James, I'm going to recommend the college route because, you know, you're going to spend a similar amount of time as you would in high school. It's just high school doesn't necessarily pay the same as college. So if you're going to put all that time and energy and money into it or uh, and energy into it, you might as well 
you know, make some money in the process. And that was his outlook. So that was kind of at the time, that was my, my big goal. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, something I just knew I wanted to do. I actually wanted to stay at Texas Tech and start as a graduate assistant and, and some of those things. Um, but some of those positions were already gone. So, you know, I came back to Minnesota um, and, uh, and really, you know, uh, started, you know, helping out with Kenny Novak over at Hopkins, you know, where I'd played and it seemed like a natural fit just for me to start kind of learning more. Did, did that for three years while working at the University of Minnesota and getting my master's um, in sports management. And, uh, and while doing all that, met a lot of the people down at the University of Minnesota, met Joel Matori, who was the athletics director, that, that kind of connected all of these things together for me. So I was, you know, I was coaching Dan Coleman and Chris Humphreys here in the, you know, and Darren Clark and all these really good high school players over at Hopkins. Uh, you know, at night, you know, during the day I was working over in, in the coordinating the work study program while also getting my master's. So all of these things were kind of happening at once. Then J.B. Bickerstaff left. Uh, he was working for Munson. He left. And this was in 2003, 2004. Uh, he left to go to another university somewhere, I believe. Uh, I, I don't remember the where he went. Um but so there was a position open. So months was like, Hey, we got, we got, you know, a lot of your good Hopkins players. We might as well take one of their coaches. So, uh, and Joel Matori was very actually instrumental and, in, and, in, uh, in helping me get that position there as well. So that's kind of where, where, uh, where that connection was made. Got it. And so then you did, you know, the U of M for a little bit, James, and then, you know, that was director of basketball operations stuff. Then you did Utah state, Santa Clara, et cetera. And I'm just curious because not many guys go from college to high school. They go high school to college. What made you kind of make the switch from, you know, hey, this college thing isn't really for me anymore. Um, I, I, I kind of want to pursue the, the high school route now. Well, you, you know, one, I, I think there's pro, there's more, there's more than, there's more than probably people think you just don't hear about them as much. They're not as story, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, you hear about, you know, the coach K's or the, you know, John Calipari's, whoever it might be when they tell their story, it started high school and they kind of went college. Um, really, really it came down to, and I, and I, and I will say this and anybody that coaches college understands this, like, it, it is a, it is a very, it's a hard business. It's a taxing business. It's a, it's a business where it is, it is very hard to have a family and coach. It is very hard to have stability and coach because there's so much turnover, right? So if we sat here and named all the head coaches that have been at the university of Minnesota in the last 20 years, what you'd also have is, and you know, this right. The same in the NBA. I mean, all the assistant coaches you've worked with, you know, in, in, in your career with the, with the, with the Timberwolves, there's, there's also a, a ton of assistant coaches, right. And then their families, and there's so much movement and, you know, turnover that happens in coaching. It's really hard to find stability. You know what I mean? So, so for me, it was like, okay, I had taken my family across the country and we were in Utah, you know, and now I took my family, you know, over to California. And it was like, you know, we've been on this kind of nine year uh, uh, rat race where you're gone. You know, here's the other thing that 
it, you know, people ask me like, well, what do you miss most about college? And a lot of college coaches that are recruiting our players will go, well, you know, cause, cause they're actually interested in how I got out. Believe it or not. <laughs> like, What's how'd you secret? make it out? You know? yeah. <laughs> because you do, you, you know, you, you get wrapped in it and, and you can just go and be this hamster on this wheel and going and going and going. And now I'm at this school and now I'm at that school and now I'm at this school. And, and then we got fired here and then we, I got hired here and you just, you chase, chase, chase pretty soon 25 years of your life has gone by and you're like, wait, you know, what did I, what did I do? You know, what did I get done during that time? And so for me, it was very much, you know, uh, I, I wanted to provide some stability for our, you know, for our family, put down roots at the very end of the day, you know, my mentors were guys like Kenny Novak, who was at Hopkins. And I watched him, you know, be a teacher, uh, teach social studies and coach basketball and spend every day of his summer in flip flops, sitting in the gym, you know, watching us kind of coaching us play basketball. And I was like, wait, you mean, you know, you can, you can just do that. And that's, you know, you can, you know, you can have a home and you can have a family and you can just do that. Like that seemed like the coolest thing in the world to me. So for me, uh, getting out of the, the 160 days on the road of college coaching and I'm going here and I'm going there and yes, I'm playing, you, you know, you participate as a, as a coach in some big games, which is the best part about it. Like right now, what we're seeing with March Madness mm -hmm. and championship, uh, in, a, in a minute here, you know, South Carolina is getting ready to tip off with UConn and it's women's basketball and it's awesome, right? And then tomorrow night, you got the chance. Like that is the best part of college basketball is seeing those game nights and those high level moments. What you don't see is, you know, and that's only if you got, if you, let's say you play 32 games, well, that's 32 times in the year that that occurred. But the rest of it is truly a grind like no other. You know, I always tell people I was, I was, uh, I was recruiting this kid from Iowa and I was sitting at watching his girlfriend, the kid I was trying to recruit to Santa Clara. I was watching his girlfriend play soccer. That's how good at my job I was right. <laughs> sitting with him, him. And yeah, I'm, I'm literally sitting with him and we're, we are both watching his girlfriend play soccer. And I'm trying to talk to him about coming out to, you know, to Santa Clara. And I'm just like, and, and, and my kids are little Jimmy and JJ, you know, who are on the, you know, who, you know, who I'm, who I'm coaching now. Uh, and they're, you know, they're back in California. And I'm going, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, did it work, James? Did you get him? We, we did sign him. We did okay. sign him. Like, <laughs> But, but, but again, it takes you down this rabbit hole of how hard are you willing to work? And then ultimately, you know, I don't know, what are you doing? And there's, and there's a, there is a, there is a sacrifice, you know, there is a, you know, and now it's like, you do all that work and then a kid transfers the next year. It's like, wait a minute, you know, so things, things have changed, but for me, it was, uh, I wanted more stability, uh, you know, Again, like I said, I, I looked at some of my mentors like Kenny Novak, like Larry McKenzie, for example, and just and really appreciated, uh, you know, again, you're not going to be a millionaire. You know, you're not going to make a million dollars, but you can make an honest living uh, and do very well for yourself and your family and uh, and have a good life. So that's the route ultimately I chose to take with the yeah. high school. And then what, did you start at Park Center in 2015? Was it James? 
Yeah. So 20. Yep. Yep. So I got out of college basketball in 2012, really just tried to focus my energy on my kids. So I was coaching their, their travel teams, their young teams. And, but we live over here in Brooklyn park and, um, and yeah, the, the, you know, there was, I, there was so much talent in the area, but the team was struggling and John Hedstrom, you know, became the AD and he's like, Hey, you know, I, I think you do really well over here. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I kind of saw some of the kids just, you know, at, at practices or whatnot. And, um, and, and Brooklyn Park, for those that don't know, I mean, the Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center area, the amount of talent that is in this area for basketball is, is just scary. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, a joke now, but I mean, there's probably a kid from Brooklyn Park on almost every roster <laughs> in the metro area for, you know, because, because there are so many good players in this area. So it's, it's really, you know, for, for us in Park Center, it's just been about developing the program, developing the talent, uh, putting, you know, putting the, the pieces in place that allow kids to be successful, try to teach them to play basketball the right way. And, um, and, and we believed that something like this year could happen. And we're just, we're just so happy for this community. Uh, I mean, they've, this community has rolled out the red carpet and just has been so excited that, that their school park center, you know, won the state title this year. Uh, you know, everybody from, you know, the, you know, the, the, the fire departments, the police departments, the city hall, just the school, the, you know, some of the mom and pop businesses in the, in the, in the community. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm just really happy to be a part of something like this right now. Yeah, that's great. And you guys <clears throat> have had some, you know, pretty darn good teams, James, the, the last number of years. And, um, you know, one, one year that uh, I think you guys are expecting big things was 2020, you know, with the pandemic. Um, how hard was that year? you know, getting to, I think you guys were scheduled to play Spring Lake Park in the section final and, and that game didn't happen. Um, how, how good do you think that team, you know, could have ultimately finished and, and how hard was that year for your group? That, that was really hard. I mean, that, that team at the time was a, a very, very good team. They were 21 and five. And much like this year, we played everybody that was any good. You know, uh, Eden Prairie was, was kind of the best team you know, uh, at that time, but we played them earlier in the year, they beat us, but, you know, we also played Minnehaha that year. And, you know, much like this past season, we just, we tried to play everybody and we did take our lumps, but you know, that, that was a top four team in the state of Minnesota and had also, you know, uh, enough talent to, to potentially make a state tournament run. We, we believe we would have, you know, beat Spring Lake Park. We had beat them twice already in the regular season and we believe we would have beat him again to go to state uh, with a chance to try to make a, a, a championship run. And, um, you know, again, I'll never forget the day that, you know, it, it was such a whirlwind of a day. And again, this is two years ago when all this happened and, you know, all, for all of us, it's been like this weird two years. Right. But, but I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, the, the, we were talking about, okay, only player and parents are going to be allowed at the game. And we were trying to will the game to be able to happen. Like, okay, well, maybe if just parents can come, okay, well, nope, we don't even need parents. We'll just, the kids will just play. We were trying to do everything that we could. We, we made a petition once the game got canceled, you know, to try to play the next day. But 
when our kids found out that day, you know, our principal and, and John Hitch from the AD brought all the kids in a room and, you know, I couldn't be there because I'm a principal by day over in Hopkins. I couldn't be there, but they did video call me in and um, they told the kids and it was just sad. They were all crying. They were crushed um, just because, you know, I mean, I will say this, the Minnesota State High School League and Minnesota sports in general, you know, like, and the way they set up the state tournament, it's an awesome event, right? So every kid in, on every team in Minnesota, like that's what you're trying to do is just get to the state tournament and be a part of that tournament because it's such an awesome thing. So for those kids in their senior year to not, and, and might I add the year before we, we finished third. So we made it to state lost to Lakeville North in the semifinals by two points. So we felt like, Ooh, that like the 2018, 2019 was, was going to be our year to do it. And we, we finished third fell fell short. So the 2020 team was like, this is our chance. And then for it to get hit by COVID, it was just a crushing blow. Uh, the kids were super sad, but they actually, you know, uh, for, 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 you know, some people that do know, like they, that know the name Dane Danger or Josh Brown, who's at UMD, or you know, uh, you know the the Tommy Chapmans of the world, the you know Josh Lewis's and David Ijedimbola. They all came to our. They were they were actually there for our entire state tournament run this year, and uh, we got we got to take a picture out on out on the the floor as if, hey, this was our 2020 year. You know, we're we're taking this for the team that never got a chance to to actually play it out. So. Uh, kind of a cool moment for them. Yeah, no doubt. And one cool thing, I do have to go back just that 2020 year, James, that we did get to do. We did have a game at Target Center with you in Spring Lake Park that year, the regular season game, right. which which was just an awesome game. And I'm really glad um, that that game happened. I think I shot you guys a note during the pandemic, just like, you know, even though this whole thing may have sucked, at least you guys had that cool moment and, and got to play there because so many other teams didn't even get to do that. And Matt, I'm glad I've gotten to know you over the, the years to where we could even talk that into existence, right? Like, um, you know, you know, I know a lot of high school coaches may, you know, receive your, your, your email communications throughout the year and all the different things you're doing to include, you know, communities to be a part of the Timberwolves organization, which I, I shout out to you, man. That's fabulous. Like the, the, the intensity in which you are connecting people to that organization is awesome. Um, but yes, having that opportunity to play uh, at that, that Spring Lake Park game, I actually remember you were sitting right there, <laughs> you know, and, and the game started off kind of rocky and I'm, and I'm upset. And, and, and I know you and I kind of know each other off the court. And you're like, you're like, James, I didn't know you, you know, you got so upset. And it was like, man, you know, I'm in crazy coach mode right now. Rebound. Things are not going well. I'm not happy, but uh but um, but yes, we did get to play at at the Target Center, and that was no question an awesome opportunity and experience to play a regular season game versus a good quality team like Spring Lake Park. I know, I know they loved it as well. Uh, they brought a ton of fans. I wish more Park Center fans would have came to that game, but you know, uh, it was still an awesome opportunity. Yeah, no doubt. So let's look look at this year, James, as we're coming into this season. What what were the expectations for for the team? You know, did you was it state championship or bust or kind of what were your goals, you know, with the group? <clears throat> you know, yes, because you here, here's what I do believe. And I, and 
you know, again, I'm a principal by day. And so it's like, you have to create high expectations for kids, period, at all times. Like create high expectations. You'll be shocked that kids can, they can do it. They can rise to the moment. They, they, they will surprise you. Uh, but you got to set those high expectations. If you kind of just, you know, set low expectations, you'll get, you know, low, low kind of low results, if you will. Um, so for us going into this season, it was, it was, you know, we, we knew we had some good pieces in there. You know, kids had just gotten so much better. Leo Torbor, who started off as a nine B basketball player, uh, you know, was, was, you know, had division one was taking division one college recruiting trips to Wyoming and San Jose state and NDSU. Uh, you know, he started off nine B, but ended up going into his senior year as this unbelievable player. And, Ayuba Berthay and Braden Carrington, you know, I think was already maybe committed to the University of Minnesota um, or being recruited by the University of Minnesota. And, and uh, we just, we, we knew we had, we knew we had a good team, right? So, um, and, and, you know, in all the things that you play in during the summer, the, the, you know, the different breakdown events or the fall leagues, you know, we, we were, we were playing really well. So it was like, Hey, you know, if, you know, this is the team probably to beat here going into the year. So, you know, it, it was, it was state tournament or bust. And I think the elation that we all felt when we did win was because, you know, we did believe that we earned it. We did believe we had the best team. We did believe we worked the hardest. We did believe we sacrificed the most. We did believe we put the most time in. We did believe that we were doing all of these things uh, that, that maybe other high school programs weren't to put us in that position. Um, and uh, so, so the elation that we felt was like, you know, we believed and then we ultimately achieved. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, took a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work, but even now, no, no, no better feeling, no better, no better, you know, single accomplishment I've had in my entire coaching career than winning this state championship with Park Center. For sure. And like we were talking off air, James, I was looking at your schedule and you guys, you know, played quite the schedule this year. You had Wyzetta earlier in the year, um, De La Salle, Minneapolis North. You played Totino Grace twice, who was a class 3A champion. Um, they were your only loss, um, however, but you guys played a, a really tough schedule. And going into that state championship game, having defeated Wyzetta already, did you get, feel like that gave you guys a little bit of an advantage? Um. Yes and no. Uh, yes, from the standpoint, we'd been on the floor with them before. So we knew physically what it felt like to be on the floor with Wyzetta, you know, and and so that gave us, you know, and, and same for them. Right. Like it gave them some comfort to know, like, no, we've kind of we've played Park Center before. We know what it kind of feels like the bumps, the bruises, the how hard they play, the you know, where they where they where they're good, where they, you know, so so that that was a that was a benefit but it was so long ago like we played them on december 9th or something right and now it's march whatever so teams change and teams you know improve and get a lot better over the course of the season so you know we we were playing a very different team in Wyzetta, uh late and and I, th I think the same is true they would probably say the same thing about us like they were playing a very different team you know, five months later, because obviously teams improve 
leaps and bounds with five months of practice and games and all those things. Uh, so, but we, but we designed, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to play everybody that I, I kind of believe in this. And, and I was even like this as a, as a, as a kid. And I, uh, you know, you asked me questions about, you know, kind of what was my experience growing up. I did drive around and I would drive around looking for anybody that thought they were any good at basketball back in the day. Cause I was in search of competition and, uh, and cause I wanted, if, if I was going to be good, I needed to find who the best players were because that's truly how I'm going to find out how good I am ultimately. And so I've tried to instill that same, that same attitude towards our players. Our program is who are the best programs, who are the teams that, you know, believe that they are also the best. Right. And then, and then like, those are the people that I want to play year after year. doesn't matter where, doesn't matter when, but play those games because that's how you ultimately, you know, determine if, if, you know, you're the best or not. And if you're not, it's okay. You know, like, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, but, but ultimately if we're not aspiring to be great, then, you know, then we should just hand out participation trophies to everybody and pat everybody in the back of the year and not have a tournament. Right. So, uh, that that's kind of been our mentality with at least related to schedule and scheduling. Okay. And so we get to the, the championship game, James, like I said, you guys had already played YZ in this tougher schedule earlier in the year. They're the defending for a state champions. And would you have told me um, at the end of the game, if Braden Carrington scores six <laughs> points that you guys win the game, would you feel confident in that statement? No, no, I wouldn't. Just, just because of the, I don't know, just because of, you know, Braden is a, such an integral part to what we do offensively, but, but I will say this, you know, they, you know, Wyzetta knows what they're doing. Coach Schnettler is a great coach. You know, they, they, any team that can find a win, a way to win a state championship, there is some excellent coaching going on behind the scenes, right? Like them winning it last year, Schnettler is a great coach. You know, uh, uh, there was no, there was no, uh, championship in, in 2020, but 2019, I know Hopkins won it. And, and the year before that, you know, so, you know, you got the John Oxtons of the world who are there every year, you know, um, you know, the, the Mark Klingsborns, the, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a whole bunch of programs that are consistently, you know, the Crete, uh, Crete and Durham Hall, there's a whole bunch of coaches and programs that are consistently knocking at the door every year, you know, um, and they did a great job of taking Braden away and, and shutting down driving lanes for Leo Torbor. Uh, but Ayuba birthday, you know, uh, that game started and we were down right away, eight, two. And it was like, got to get a timeout. You know, we're bleeding over here. You know, we got to stop the bleeding in the, in that championship. And we called the timeout, got the kids together. And it was kind of like, look, you know, they're keying in on these guys. When these guys, when you get in that paint, you take that jump stop, you know, make sure and make that extra pass because, you know, I, guys like Ayuba and Cody are open and, and, uh, and then they just started knocking down threes and, and the momentum started swinging and, and uh, I was just super proud of how, uh, how we responded, even, you know, getting off to a bad start in that game. Yeah, and let's talk about some of those other guys that, that stepped up for you guys, James. I mean, I mean, you had a pretty senior-laden team this year. You know, Cody Pennebaker was 
the ultimately the leading oh. scorer. How how big of game did you know he and and some of the other players um, play in in that championship? Yeah, well there there's a there's a couple super key uh, like you know stats, especially in that championship game. You know, Braden, Braden Carrington goes, you know, three for 12, like you said, has six points. Now, I will say all those points came in the second half and they came at pretty big moments, you know, when we were running some plays for him to, to get shots. But, um, but you know, Ayuba Berthay, uh, who's a senior, who's our best defender, we put on the other team's best player every every night. Uh, you know, he he hit two big threes to bring the game back, you know, close again. I think it was like nine, eight, we were down, we were, yeah, we were down what eight to two. He hits two big threes and then gets an offensive rebound put back. So he went on a little mini run on his own. And then, and then that kind of encouraged then, then Cody Pennebaker came to life and, and then he started, you know, uh, hitting shots and, and, um, and, you know, we have a kind of a saying on our team that it's like, we, you got to do the right things and you have to believe that, you know, the training and all the practice and drills and all the things that you do, the, you know, you'll have, you'll, you'll get quality results at the right time. And, and again, that elation is the things that you try to get kids to believe and you try to give them things to lean on when things aren't going well. Some of those things were coming to fruition in that game. And, and Cody Pennebaker was one of them. His, you know, he went five for seven or three. That was awesome. James Spencer, who's our, you know, who's our, uh, Dennis Rodman, you know, he had one point, which is way under his average. You know, he averages 10 a game. He had one point, but he had 10 boards. Right. So, and though, and every single one of those offensive rebounds he got, and I think he got like uh, maybe five or six of them gave us another opportunity to score. And so those were just huge plays and um, you know, cash Chavis and, and, and uh, you know, my son, JJ, where they came in off the bench and, you know, JJ got a couple of rebounds, got himself to the line, you know, cash Jay just got a couple steals and, and, and easy layups to kind of keep the momentum going. And, and those are huge, huge plays in, in a state championship game where, you know, the other teams got you so well scouted, you've scouted them, you know, where they're going, they know where you're going. And it's all these little moments in between all that, that really determine kind of who's going to win the game. And they certainly stepped up in that moment, James, all those guys, which is awesome. So, you know, we talked about Braden. He maybe didn't have his best game in that championship game, but he had plenty of good games for you. And a lot of local fans are going to get to watch him, you know, as a gopher now. What, what, are, what are people going to look forward to seeing from Braden? Um, what kind of a player is he when, when he's going to be a gopher here? What are people going to see from him? Well, the, num the number one thing that people are going to see is a, a kid who's just a winner of a human being, right? Like, you know, uh, his, his leadership, you know, he's a, he's a two-year captain on our basketball team and, and his leadership is incredible. I, I've never been around a kid that is more bought into uh, growth, development, learning, you know, uh, you know, some really good players are, you know, and you, I'm sure you've seen this at the NBA level. They're, they're super stubborn. You know what I mean? And that's, what's made them great. Braden is the exact opposite of that. Like, you know, he, he's just a winner, even though he's a great shooter, he is a pass first basketball player. He's all about making the right basketball play. 
He's never conflicted. There's never moments where it's like, should I shoot it or should I pass it? Nope. He knows when he sh- he's, he's, I heard, um, I actually heard Finch say this. He used, he used when he's talking about players on offense, he talked about, you know, in, in, in a post-game conference, he talked about being decisive and he, he used that word. And then that, that word resonated with me. And that's a great way to describe Braden. Braden Carrington is very decisive. He's never conflicted on what he's supposed to do. He, he knows if there's an open guy, I, I pass it to him every time without hesitation. No question. That's what I'm supposed to do. When I'm open, I've worked on it enough. I'm supposed to shoot it. Now, you know, Braden can shoot from deep. He, you know, his range probably goes out to, you know, 24, almost 25 feet. So he can, he can knock it down from deep as well. Um, so, so they're going to get a winner of a kid and just a, a, a great human being. I'm excited for him. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of develop growth and development that he's going to go through over the next years, just in terms of getting stronger and all the things that come with, with playing at the next level and, and uh, being in college. But, you know, I mean, go, go for fans should just be ecstatic. I mean, between, and he was the first, he was the first guy to kind of jump in the deep end of the pool with, with coach Johnson and, and, and the program. So, you know, I, I, I kind of look at him as kind of a, the guy that, you know, kicked it off. And he's such a good human being that other players want to play with him. You know, uh, Josh Ola Joseph, who's also coming, who, you know, left Osseo to pursue prep school. You know, I mean, him and Josh are going to play well, well together. Um, uh, uh, not, I was going to call him Prince. It's not Prince, but I'm forgetting. Pharrell Payne. Yes, Pharrell, Pharrell, you know, like, uh, you know, all of all of those guys and, and those three to start. I mean, Braden's a great, uh, just a great player to play with. And and I think all three of them are going to do really well together. And I think Braden's personality as a basketball player in terms of, you know, being empathetic and passing the ball and, you know, being selfless flows through any, any team that he's on, you know, it, that characteristic, you know, is infectious and that moves through a team. So I'm excited for him and the Gophers. Yeah. That'll be fun to watch and really <clears throat> look forward to seeing his growth and development and, what a really neat season for you guys. James finished 31 and one cap off the state championship. Braden wins Mr. Basketball. Um, just a neat way for you guys to end the season. And we're about to end the show here. So we're going to jump into what we like to call the bear trap. James, <laughs> so we got a couple uh, questions here for you. Um, first one, James is an interesting name, right? There's a bunch of different iterations. It could be Jim, Jimmy, all sorts of different things. Does anyone else out there call you anything other than James or is it strictly just James? Oh, oh no. I mean, I'm so to, to everybody that grew up with me, I'm, I'm Jimmy. Right. So, so if you're like, you know, people who I grew up with, if you say James are like James, who's, who's James and, and, and people that, you know, know me as James with people that grew up with me, when they hear people call me James, they're like, oh, you must not really know him. You, you knew him. You knew him later in life. You didn't know him growing up. But yeah, I got, yeah, James, Jimmy, Jim, Jimbo, all those. Those are all, <laughs> I wear all those nicknames. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you, it's a, it's a huge game, James, huge game. And you could pick any one of these. You've got courtside seats. It's just a massive game. Which one are you going to? A high school game, a college game? Or an NBA game? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, are we talking? Okay, are we talking finals? Are we talking? Yes, could be anything. Anything. Just oh. a huge game, and you've got courtside seats. Okay, so 
I, I would, I will say this. I think that there's no more impressive thing in the world to watch the, the best athletes in the world, in my opinion, playing at their most competitive moments of their existence. So I'm going with NBA, NBA finals, something like a game seven or a game six or a game five. If I could be there on the court, I mean, it's desperation. It's a des it's a, you know, athletes are desperate in that moment with the best athletes on the world. I got to go with NBA. Love it. Love it. Perfect. Okay. Um, if you were a czar of basketball, James, it could change or add one rule um, at, at any level, high school, college, pro, you could change one rule. What, what rule would you like to see change? Oh, that's another good question. I, I think I would go with, uh, it's happening at the high school and it's the 24 second or not the 24, the 35 second uh, shot clock. I am ecstatic that that is changing. Um, if there was one rule for me for high school and college that could change, uh, and I love that the NBA does this because it always gives you a chance. Late game, call a timeout after you've been scored on. You don't have to take the ball out of the end line. You can advance the ball. I love that rule in the NBA. It gives everybody a chance. It gives you one more moment. If there was one thing I could rule like a change, that would be the one. Advance okay. the ball. Advance yeah, that's, the ball. An, <clears throat> that's an interesting one. That that probably has won some people some games just by moving it, you know, 40, 50 feet up the court. That's huge. Well, That's you huge. can you can run a play with one second to get a shot, even you know, or one pass or even two pass, depending on if there's one or two seconds. You take it out in line, one or two seconds, you're you're done. You got, mm -hmm. you know, you need a miracle. Yep. Um, you can have one of these for the rest of your life, James. What are you choosing? Books, music, or television? You can only have one of them for the rest of your life. That's easy for me. I mean, I'm I'm going television. I want to I want to watch. I want to see. <laughs> I, I, I want to see. I want to see what's happening. Who's doing it? I want to see it with with my own eyes. I don't want to imagine it. Uh, I don't I don't want to be in my own head that much. I want to I want to see it happen. Okay, I like it. Um, you went to a couple different colleges, James. Do you have like a a true uh, college that you're a, a fan of? You know, is it uh, is it Colorado State? Is it Texas Tech? Like. Do your allegiances lie with one of those schools? Yeah, no question. It'll, they lie with Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech is awesome. Not many people know about it. There's a, up here anyway, up in Minnesota, you know, but, but Texas Tech in Texas, it's a huge deal. And even like that Final Four, when they were in the Final Four up here and they literally, they brought all of West Texas up. You know, everybody's like, what is going on? And it's like, no, Texas Tech is serious about their sports. So Definitely Texas Tech is 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 uh, what, what the school I call. Okay, because there's been some really big athletes to come out of there, you know, lately, football, basketball. So who who's your favorite Texas Tech athlete that you've seen or been around? I, I got Is go it Mahomes? Home. It's Mahomes. I mean, I'm not even that big a football fan, but every, but I, I, I watch Kansas City Chiefs games just because of him. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so definitely, definitely Patrick Mahomes. You know, okay. Yeah, nice. sure. All right. So the final question we have for everyone, James, that we do, it's the same. Um, who are your five favorite basketball players of all time? These could be pro guys, college guys. We've had some guys say, um, you know, teammates that they played with back in the day. So what, what would James Ware say? 
You know what I'm going with right now, Matt? I'm going with the starting five for the Park Center Pirates. I'm going Leo Torbor, Braden Carrington, Ayuba Berthay, Cody Pennebaker, James Spencer. Those five guys right there won us a state title, first title, uh, state title in school history. Uh, I, I'm going with those guys right now. I, I couldn't think of any five uh, that, that I'm more excited about at this moment or or you know, want to want to watch play basketball one last time than than those guys. So I'm going with them right now in this moment. And who's going to argue with that right now? I mean, right, <laughs> coming off the state title, fresh like that, no one's going to argue with that five. So that's awesome. I'm sure those kids would love to hear that. So really, really great to chat with you, James. Thanks so much for taking the time again. Congrats um, to you guys and the kids for just an amazing season. Like you said, winning the school's first ever. Um, boys basketball state championship and uh really really appreciate you coming on the show here so that's right matt pirates win matt pirates win we're fired up over here in brooklyn park we're still on cloud nine we'll, we'll probably be like this for another month so uh thanks for having me brother and uh thanks for everything you're doing in the basketball community and, and keeping us all connected you bet <laughs>